your mind on Jesus this morning? I hope it is now. Well, welcome each one. It's good to have you all here. And as usual, feel free to share this morning in between our songs. Any uh, testimony, anything that you would like to share, prayer requests, uh, feel free to uh, share what's on your heart. He is exalted. He is exalted, the King is exalted on high. I praise Him. He is exalted forever, exalted and I will praise His name. He is the Lord, forever His truth shall reign. Exalted. 
How have you exalted him high in your life this week? Give it some thought. He became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become His righteousness. He humbled Himself and carried the cross, love so amazing, love so
this how many of you have ever needed a defense attorney talks about having a defense I've had to have a defense attorney at least one or two times um, and depending what the case is whether justified or not they come up with a defense well let's let's try this here's our strategy we're going to use this as a defense in your case. We're going to use that as a defense and come up with multiple different strategies. Well, if this doesn't work, this is going to be our defense. Well, when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to standing before God, we need that defense attorney, as it were. And that is Jesus. And what is that defense? It is Jesus. We need him, his righteousness. That's our defense. Let's do one more here. There's a place where mercy and
uh, is fitting for our theme this morning with uh, the breaking of bread and our communion service. We owe all to Jesus. And that's uh, ultimately what it comes down to, and that's that's what our uh, service is going to focus on to a degree this morning. Um, Ali, do you have something for the children? All right, children, come on up here. You know, have something for you, and uh, I'll uh, have some announcements to share after that. And after that, we'll turn the service over to Phil. All right. Um, do we have more kids? Is that it? Dominic. Okay. So, today I'm going to need your help with this one, okay? Yeah, those look like kids. Dominic. All right. So, let's imagine this. You know how to use your imagination? Can you do that? I think you can. So, let's imagine. Okay, let's imagine that there is a box over here. It is a really nice box. It's big. It's a really big... Well, what color do you think is the box? What color would you say? Brown. Brown with what? Just brown? Yeah, brown. Brown with purple. Brown with... It's okay. It's a brown with purple box. It is big. It is really nice. Okay? And there is a sign. It's like this big. It's huge. And there is a sign in front of it that says free candies and toys. Does that sound fun to you guys? Free candies and toys. Do you want to go see what is inside? No. You don't want to. You do. Okay, let me tell you something. Even though this box, it looks really nice and very attractive, actually inside, there are snakes and scorpions. Cool. It is very dang. Well, it, it can be cool, right, to see some snakes and scorpions, according to Caden, but it is actually very dangerous. But only you guys know, because I'm telling you the story. They can hear me right now. There are snakes and scorpions, and it's very dangerous. Tell me a couple names of, of snakes that you know are very dangerous. Cobra. You say cobra? A king cobra. A rattlesnake. Oh my goodness, those snakes are very dangerous, right? Because if they bite you, you can die, right? Or scorpions or bees or wasps or something that is very, very bad. So now, knowing this, even though it says free toys, free candies and toys, would you go open it? No, why not? Because there are snakes and it's very dangerous, right? That is true. However, you already know that it's very dangerous what's inside, regardless of the sign that says free candies and toys. That's correct. Somebody wants to hurt you. Now, hey, let's imagine this. Let's imagine that Steve, Steve, help me. Steve is walking. You know, Steve is walking around with me. We're walking together. And suddenly, Steve sees the box. What do you do, Steve, if you see the box? 
Go, go the other way. No, because it says free candies and toys. But if I know it's dangerous. But you don't know that. Oh, I don't know that. Don't know that. Then I probably would go up. Okay, so Steve, he's going to go open the box. Let's see what happens. Hold on, Steve, hold on. Guys, are you not going to say anything? No? Steve is about to open a box with snakes. Yes, thank you. Say it louder. Don't open the box. Don't open the box. Don't open the box. Steve, don't open the box. Don't. Oh, he doesn't know why. Explain. Because there's snakes and other poisonous things. What were you saying? Scorpion and snakes. And bees. Is it dangerous? Yes. It is very dangerous, Steve. Do you trust them? Okay, thank you, Steve. Thank you. Okay, okay. What happened right now? Did you notice that Steve was like, why not? It says free candies and toys. I want some. He likes candies and toys. He wants some. However, however, you protected Steve. You know why protected Steve? You don't want him to get hurt, but also because we love Steve. He's a brother in Christ of us. So that's really important what you just said. You don't want him to get hurt, and we love Steve. Now, can you imagine? I mean, we are, you are not Steve's dad and mom, right? No, that is silly, right? We are his friends, his brothers. However, can you imagine your parents, how much they love you? Sometimes, you know, in life, even though we don't notice, it happens to us too. Maybe it's not a box with candies and toys. I don't know, maybe it's a video. Ha! There is a video online that it looks really fun. And you, and you think, you know what, I want to watch the video because it looks really fun. And maybe somebody told you, I watched this video, it's very funny, go watch it. And suddenly your dad and your mom tell you, hey, don't watch that. But you don't understand why. You're like, why? It's a funny video. But it actually can kill you. It cannot kill you like a snake, of course. It can affect your heart. Because listen, hey, kids, listen. Hey, listen. What we see and what we hear affects our hearts. Do you know that? Let me say that again. What we hear and what we see, it can affect our hearts. Now, your parents, each one of your parents, love you so much that they will stop you from, from doing things like that, even though it looks really cool. They would say, hold on, don't watch that video because it's really bad. But you don't know it. Or they would say, don't listen to that song because the lyrics is not good. It doesn't give glory to the Lord, to God. And you're wondering, but why? It's a funny song with a nice rhythm. But it can actually hurt your heart. And that's the thing that we care the most about you, kids. Because the Bible tells us that we as parents, we need to take care of you, of your heart. And to lead each one of you to Jesus. Because He deserves the glory. He deserves our lives. So next time, okay, I want you to remember this. Next time. You are trying to do something that it does not look dangerous. Even it could be actually food. It could be actually, you know, playing with a toy or something. I don't know. If your parents tell you, trust me, this is dangerous to you. Don't climb that huge tree because you can fall. 
it is dangerous. Trust Papa and Mama. Okay? They are trying to take care of you and your heart. Yay, Annika, come join us. Yay. So, hey, are we good? Next time, even though if something looks really good, but if Papa and Mama, if they know it can be dangerous to you, you trust and obey. Good? Okay, you can go back to your seats. paper in there. That is because we have our youth retreat coming up this week. And there are portions of that, while it is called a youth retreat, there are portions of that that we allow the rest of you old people, which uh, I guess will categorize all of us that aren't youth as that, um, that you're welcome to join in on. And that is primarily the, the evening services that we have. Wednesday evening, we are uh, having a welcome dinner and barbecue for the young people that will be coming in. And the entire church and our community is invited to that. So feel free to come to that. That is, as it says, hosted by the Stolzfus family, whoever that is. Um, come at your own risk. Um, that is, uh, what time does that start? I guess the Stolzfus family should know that. Five o'clock, okay. I, I guess that's good for me to know. All right, so feel free to come and uh, enjoy the dinner and our uh, welcome time. And then Thursday and Friday evening, we have evening services here starting at 6.30? And Sunday evening, we are, I think, having an outdoor praise event and a barbecue then as well. So, hey, you're going to get your fill of uh, barbecue between uh, lunch today and Wednesday and next Sunday. You might get tired of hamburgers and hot dogs. Who knows? But come and enjoy the fellowship even if you do get tired of the hamburgers and hot dogs. It's going to be a great uh, time of fellowship, so please feel free to join in. And uh, other announcements, I think, are as usual. As I said, we have lunch following uh, service, and I think Dwayne's going to be grilling up some burgers for us again. So, um, Also, Henry and Leah have uh, had their baby girl, Lucy. So uh, we're thankful for that safe arrival. If you wish to uh, bless them with food or in any way, there's uh, some info on that in your bulletin or contact Faith on that. Thanks for putting that together, Faith. We're uh, thankful for new life and uh, safe delivery. 
think we have another one coming up here, so keep uh, Christy and Ali in your prayers. They're excited to uh, welcome another addition to their family here probably in the next several weeks, so we'll be uh, keeping you in your prayers and probably have a chance to supply them with some food as well, so make sure it's tacos. (laughs) All right. um, Phil's going to be sharing a word with us and moderating our breaking of bread time this morning, so we'll turn it over to him, but uh, before we do that, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time here together this morning. I thank you that you are here and you welcome the praise of your people, and I pray that uh, our praise and our worship is, is acceptable in your sight this morning. I pray that our hearts would continue to draw close to you as we hear your word and as we think on the death, the shedding of the blood, the resurrection, and the new life in Jesus Christ. I pray that we would be reminded again that that is our only defense and that that is all that we need. I pray that you would speak to us in that time this morning and Fill each of our hearts with a new love for you and a desire to live for you each day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Phil? My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. If you come to God any other way without an advocate, you have no hope. Outside of him, we have no hope. There's no righteousness that we can present before God that might justify us, that, that would defend us in any way. But we have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. Since then, the children share in flesh and blood He himself likewise also partook of the same. He became just like us. That through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death. That is the devil. The devil is powerless today. He is. He would like for us to believe he's not. And that's how he controls us. The only control Satan can have over us is if we believe his lie. The truth is, he's powerless. That's what Jesus did at the cross. That he might deliver those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. You know what it's like to be a slave? 
That's why we can hardly comprehend this. Last night, as we were traveling back from Casper, Wyoming, Katie and I were listening to an audio of D.L. Moody. Have you heard of him? Yes. An American preacher back in the 1800s. Young man who loved the Lord and loved people. And he began his ministry in the slums of Chicago. Going and inviting the little children, the poorest children in the city, to church. And sharing Jesus with them. And then, the civil war broke out. And he began to minister to the dead, those dying, and many died right in front of him, both the Yankees and the Confederates. He made no difference, sharing the gospel to dying souls. But he makes this statement that really struck me. After General Lee surrendered, he gathered a big crowd together to share Jesus Christ with them. Many wounded soldiers were there from both sides. And he shared this with them. He shared the gospel with them because we can hardly comprehend the emotions that were there. These men were killing each other destroying each other's property, fighting each other for years to control each other, to control their future, their livelihoods, their nation. But then he did something that no white preacher had ever done before in America. He found out where there was a church where all the black Slaves had gathered. And he said, I'm going in there. I'm going to go in there and give them hope and share Jesus with them. Today is their day of emancipation, of delivery from slavery. Lincoln had signed the decree, the Declaration of Emancipation. You and I can hardly grasp our country in those days. I can't. I didn't grow up like that. But this was their real world. He said it was incredibly hard. No one wanted him to go there. Not the whites and not the blacks. No one trusted him. But the Lord made a way. And somehow he found his way up to the pulpit in that crowded black church. And he looked at the, at the young girls. And he said, from now on, no one's going to buy you at the auction block. And he looked at the young men and said, today, from now on, you're not going to be a slave of another man. You're not going to be other people's property. You're free as God created you to be. And the whole church Every time he made these statements, rang out, Hallelujah to Jesus! Hallelujah!
been set free from slavery. Do you get that? Once we've been set free from slavery to the devil, his lies and the fear of death, because we deserve death of our own sin and the slavery to our own flesh and to the world. When you've been set free, Jesus said in John 8, whom the Son sets free, He sets free indeed. He signed the declaration of emancipation for all mankind at the cross with His own blood. Many slaves that day did an amazing thing. I still find it so staggering. Was slavery over that day? Hank's shaking his head. No, he's right. It was not over. Do you know why? Because the slaves went back home. They chose to go back to their masters, many of them, because that's the only life they knew. They didn't know what to do. They had no place to go. So they went back and continued to be enslaved. Now things began to change. But a few of the brave ones, Lucas, what was her name? The one who, the black woman who, um, yes, Harriet Tuman, right? Tubman. Have you heard of her name? She was one of the few courageous women who began to share the good news with many of these now volunteer slaves is you don't have to go back. You can do this. But in their mind, they were still slaves. And this is how many Christians still live their lives. In our mind, Though Christ set us free, He declared, you're free. The devil has no power over you any longer. But many people still go back to the devil and yield themselves to his lies because they don't know what to do. They yield themselves as slaves to their own flesh. Because they don't believe what Jesus did for them. It's an amazing thing. And it took many years to walk through that as a nation. But as a person, it can be done in a moment. In a moment. Not only can our sins be forgiven, but when we put our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, in His declaration that we've been set free, Romans chapter 6, verse 10, For the death that He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life that He lives, He lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin 
but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God. We can do that now. We couldn't before, but now I can. I can come to God at any time in prayer and call upon his name, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans chapter 10. At any time, whosoever calls upon his name, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that He is Lord, not the devil, not my flesh. He is Lord. You can come. Presenting yourself now to God as those alive from the dead. Romans chapter 6 verse 13. And your members as instruments to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law. That law changed. Jesus changed it. But under grace. You're not under law, but now you're under grace. God's divine help. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law? But under grace, may it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one you obey? Yes, we know that, don't we? That's what they did. They had fought a war for years. Many died. But they went back and presented themselves to their old masters because they were afraid. That's the only reason. They were afraid of the life ahead of them. They didn't know what it looked like. And they were scared. And Harriet, what was her last name again? Tumman was one of those courageous women that went to them, to men, to black pastors, and said, you don't need to be afraid any longer. They won't lynch you. It's against the law. The law changed. Be courageous. Be bold. Go start a new life. Go buy a piece of property. Go build a house. Go plow a field. Go do it. You're free. Do you not know that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. But thanks to God, and this is what that church was shouting hallelujah for that night. But thanks be to God that though 
you were slaves of sin. You became obedient from the heart to the form of teaching which you were committed, which was given to you. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness to God. I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness never stops where you want to stop. You present yourself to obey its lusts. You're out of control. You're now a slave. You're not in control. And you can't stop. Just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Not only sets you free, it cleanses you, changes you. The mind of a slave had to be transformed to rethink how he lived life and who he was. And so it is today. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. Jesus said in John 8, verse 31, Jesus therefore was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, then are you truly disciples of mine. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's what those slaves needed to hear from D.L. Moody and from Harriet Tuman. And many others who were bold enough to do the unthinkable in their day. To break barriers in people's minds and thoughts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. And they were set free. They answered him, we are off Abraham's offspring and have not been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you shall become free? Wait a minute. What was the condition of the Jews in this time? Who was in charge? Rome. Why did they say this? Why did they say that? Because in their minds, they were not enslaved to Rome. They hated Rome. In their minds, they were fighting against Rome. And though they were forced because the Roman government ruled over them, before God they thought they were free and they didn't need Jesus to set them free. And that's exactly how we are to sin in our culture. We live in a world 
that doesn't believe they're slaves. They can quit sin anytime they want. That's what we think. Our fleshly mind thinks, I'm in control. I can quit anytime I want. Whatever fleshly habit of sin it might be, whether it's pride, anger, lust, or any kind of thing that you know the Holy Spirit is saying, you can be set free. I can set you free, Jesus is saying, from this thing. Our answer to Jesus is just like them. I've answered Jesus so many times like this in my past Christian life. And thank God Jesus doesn't just walk away. When we give him this answer, he doesn't walk away. He says this to us. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. You are a slave, Jesus said. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does reign, remain forever. If therefore the son shall make you free, you're going to be free indeed. Not only is it declared, has he declared the emancipation, he actually comes and sets us free from sin, from that desire to sin, from that passion that ruled over us. He changes our hearts. That's how he sets us free. He's the only one that can do that. Change my heart. Men can give us all kinds of arguments. But there's only one man who can change a person's heart. His name is Jesus. And today, that's why I celebrate him. He changed my heart. That was God's promise to Israel all the way back. When their hearts... We're just not towards God. They did all these outward right things, but Isaiah said to them, your hearts are far from me. You do all the sacrifices, you go to the temple, but your heart is after every man's gain. That's where your heart is. And God promised them through Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart. And again through Isaiah. And again through Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 31, he ratified it as a new covenant. He says, I'm going to make a new covenant with you. Now like the covenant I made with Israel in the wilderness there on Mount Sinai. But I'm going to change your hearts. And I'm going to do something that has never been done before. You all heard my word with your ears. But in this new covenant... I'm going to do something no man has ever experienced before. I'm going to take my words and I'm going to write it on your heart. Nobody had ever been offered that before. It was impossible. That kind of promise to come into that covenant and say, it's a covenant, it's a marriage relationship. And say, 
Yes, write it on my heart. It's life-changing. And that's what the Holy Spirit is able to do because Jesus died and rose again. And then he rose up into the heavens and as he promised in John chapter 14 and John chapter 16, I will send the Holy Spirit and he will dwell in you. And then, then, this word won't just be a Bible you read. I'll speak it into your heart every moment of your life. When you're sleeping, when you're waking, I'm going to speak it like a living voice. And you're going to hear it. More than just hear, you're going to hear it here. Men could never hear God with their hearts before. But now they can. That's the new covenant. In Hebrews chapter 8, this is his promise to us. And this is what sets us free. This is what the slaves needed to hear. And those slaves who took that emancipation and they opened their hearts to it and they believed it, with their heart and they walked away from that old slave farm and that old slave owner and said, you don't own me. You don't own me any longer. I'm going to walk away free. And they were bold enough to do something they had never heard of for hundreds of years. They had been a, Their great-great-grandfather had been a slave. I don't know how many years had been slavery in the U.S. Does someone know? 200 years? 300 years, maybe? The generation that was set free had been slaves for generations. That's all they knew. They didn't know a black man could actually go out and buy a piece of property and build a house and have his own family there and live like a normal man. But those who believed it in their heart that there was a new covenant, a new law. But this is so much more because this is eternal life we're talking about. They were set free. Verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 8. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind. I will write them upon their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's what happens. Does that change happen to you? All your idols are gone at that moment. All the fear of man is gone at that moment. He's your God and you're his. Son, you're his daughter. You only have one father now. God is your father. And I will write, I will put my laws into their minds and I will write them upon their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen and everyone his brother saying, Know the Lord. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just proclaiming 
the emancipation and proclaiming that to you, but I can't help you know God. Because God through His Holy Spirit is the only one who can now at this moment and in the rest of your life speak into your heart and say, I am your God. Will you be my people? Will you be my daughter? My son? I'm your God. Come unto me. I'll be your God all the rest of your eternal existence. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their iniquities and I will remember their sin no more. It's the only one that can do that too. As humans, we remember sins. We can choose to forgive, but we don't have the ability to forget, to not remember. And that's why we must choose to forgive over and over and over again. It becomes an exercise of obedient love. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. That's why Peter said to Jesus, How often must I forgive my brother? Seven times a day? And Jesus said, I don't say unto you seven times. How many times did he say? Four hundred and ninety times a day. Every time you think about it. That's what he was saying. Every time it comes into your thought, you forgive. You forgive. But God, God, Jesus says these amazing things. I won't remember your sins anymore. I have the ability to do that now. The Holy Spirit is not going to bring remembrance of your past sins to you anymore. Gone. Cast into the depths of the sea. I think it's Zephaniah that says that. So if someone is throwing your past sins at you, know this, it's not your heavenly father. And you've been set free from that voice. Don't give ear to it. Don't believe it. Not a word of it. You've been set free by Jesus. When he said a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. But whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. Verse 8, the Holy Spirit is signifying this, that the way into the holy place has not yet been disclosed while the outer tabernacle was still standing. And that today is why the tabernacle is nowhere to be found. The old temple and the tabernacle, God made sure was gone. Because he made a new one. Our hearts have become his dwelling place. Our lives, our bodies are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. He will not dwell in man-made structures anymore. Never again. You will only dwell 
in a structure he created. A human body. And Jesus was that perfect example of that. He was filled with God because he was God in the flesh. Now he wants to share that same experience with every one of us. That's what he's offering to you and to me. That's the covenant he wants to make on a personal level with each one of us because that's what he died for. That's the emancipation of proclamation that has been proclaimed by him first and throughout the ages of everyone who experienced it. That's what D.L. Moody was proclaiming that night. That's what many others proclaimed. And today, they have changed a whole world with that message. And we're still in the business of proclaiming this good news of the gospel to many who are enslaved. So if you're a slave of sin, don't respond to Jesus saying, I'm not enslaved to anyone. He who commits sin is a slave to sin. Let Jesus set you free. We live in a culture of slavery that is greater today than what it was then. Many don't believe it. They refuse to see it. I watched the movie this past week with Kent. Dalbert and Marilyn invited me to go watch The Sound of Freedom. I left weeping we live in a culture where slavery slavery to sin is just as great as it has ever been but it's in denial Don't look out there. Look right here. Are you denying that you're a slave to sin? You'll never be set free. But if you come to Christ and say, you're right, Jesus. Your words are truth. Then he'll set you free with his words. Your spirit. And your spirit will be transformed and renewed and born again of His Spirit and set free. And then, if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. And He is the propitiation for our sins and for the sins of the whole world. So today I celebrate that with you in the breaking of bread. And I'm excited to do so 
just like they were in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, after the Holy Spirit came, there was one thing that church did regularly. They continually devoted themselves to this. Verse 42, and they were continually devoting themselves not to sin, not to the lusts of their flesh anymore. The Holy Spirit had come and had changed these men, given them the new covenant. And so now they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship. That's something that we're, the devil is working big time to try to rob us from in our Western culture. We don't have time for fellowship anymore. Just don't see it as a need in my life. And to the breaking of bread and to prayer, those four things they devoted their lives to. The apostles' teaching, to fellowship with other believers around that teaching. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this newfound freedom. Let's talk about the new covenant. What is it doing in your life? What's the Holy Spirit doing? What's He saying? He's doing this in me. He's saying these things to me. Did you see this? Wow, that's awesome. We're not saying know the Lord. We all know the Lord. We've been born of His Spirit. Now we fellowship around that. And to the breaking of bread, we celebrate the Lord's death. This great emancipation, this freedom from sin, we celebrate together by breaking bread and to prayer. We continue to call upon Him because we need Him every hour like we sang. He's now our life. Father, we thank You for being our life, for giving us this wonderful freedom in you and for continuing to give us the truth that sets us free. Not only do we get to read it, you get to write it on my heart. Every word. And on my mind, day by day. And today I get to celebrate it my brothers and sisters again this awesome amazing truth our freedom that you paid for that you declared and now you work tirelessly to intercede for us and you're preparing a place where we're going to be eternally free, not only from the power of sin, but from the presence of sin. What? The presence of sin. What a glorious day that will be when we are delivered from the presence of sin. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's break bread together. Those of us who haven't done it here yet,